0: Good evening, Hushlings, and welcome. I present your preceptors to the underbelly of the void, the whispers of conjecture,
1: and the known of the unknown. Thus begins the conclave of the Hush Hush Society. Greetings, Hushlings. Welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour
0: where we journey into the world of conspiratorial mysteries and dark truths.
1: I'm Declassified Dave
0: and I'm Mystery Mike and as always we're joined by our conspiratorial colonist Slick Frank Sanders. A A A Welcome to the new hey. world, eh?
2: Top of the morning. I don't know how they talked back then. Belt buckle hat something like that. You know what? I wonder what they did talk like down in the Outer Bank-ish areas of North Carolina. They were English, so the words... See, I'm going to get disrespectful. (laughs) Today we'll share with you one of America's longest standing mysteries, the lost colony of Roanoke. It was England's very first attempt at the first permanent settlement in North America. Though
1: it was abandoned and lost in time over the span over three short years... We're going to present the theories that could possibly explain the disappearance of the first 117 colonists.
0: But before we vanish into the ether, make sure to check us out on all our social medias. You know them by now. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can always find us on there. Hit us up. Follow us for all our fun antics. Also, for all things Hush Hush Society, you can check out the website, HushHushSociety.com.
1: We now have a channel on Rockfin.com. The new home for Hush Hush Society in video form. You can join Rockfin, subscribe to our channel, and watch us in hi-fi HD.
0: Our video element not only features our wonderful faces,
1: but also
0: visuals pertaining to the episode as you will see through this one if you are watching. Join over at rockfin.com forward slash hush hush society. Most of our stuff is free. They want us to charge for some stuff. I think we're not going to do that. So
1: watch us over there. You'll always, you'll always be able to watch something. Truth, truth.
0: And we're putting up our back catalog of just podcasts so you can hear the audio versions of stuff that we've covered before we turned into a video show.
2: Lastly, Hushlings, you would be doing us a huge favor if you would go ahead and leave us a review. It's very easy, very simple. You can leave us a star rating on Spotify, or you could even comment on Apple Podcasts or our website. Let us know what we're doing well, what we're not. It helps us become a better show for you, the listeners.
0: It's very important to us, Hushling. It's very important to
2: us. It is.
1: Criticism. Constructively. Unless you want to just berate us. <laughs> Yeah, you could call us nasty things. Mm, yeah. yeah, we love them. we love. Them. <laughs> call me something nasty. I'd say before we begin this episode, Mike, do we have a uh, we have an apology. Apology, dude.
0: Ah, speaking of constructing our criticisms if you listen to slash watched our last episode of the Tavistock Institute thank you first off second off we want to make a correction we said in the episode that Paul McCartney was the last living member of the Beatles that is not correct Ringo Starr is also a part of that living member group unless you believe that Paul McCartney actually died back in the 60s then never mind Ringo Starr is the only sole living member Moving on. (laughs) Speaking of Roanoke, let's move forward. We'll give you a little background on what the colony was like, where they were going, what they were doing, and what they were all about. Our mystery begins in 1584. Those English folk were full of piss and vinegar and eager to explore their new lands in hopes of expanding their trade reach and claiming new territories. Beautiful. Queen Elizabeth I kick-started the efforts by putting Sir Walter Raleigh in charge of a fleet of naval vessels that were destined for the eastern coasts of North America. Picturesque.
2: When Raleigh finally reached Roanoke Island, modern-day North Carolina, he sought to make connections with the Native Americans that lived on the adjacent island, Croatone, which is modern-day Hatteras Island. On the expedition back to England after their first trip, two were brought along, and they explained how they lived on the island in detail. They included descriptions of valuable plants and wildlife, how to fish, and so on. Just helping out. Yeah, yeah. They're pretty friendly at first, unless they were taken as slaves. It's never really specified.
1: That probably wouldn't have fared well.
2: No, because they did come back, and there wasn't any retaliation for taking any sort of two slaves, so... I think they did it willingly. That wouldn't go
1: good in fondue.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Native Americans and English fondue.
1: With this newfound information, Raleigh planned a second expedition to North America. But it didn't go so well. Upon arrival, there was tension between the natives and the English travelers. The natives were enraged about the exploitation of the resources and the land that they held sacred. Mm. Shocker. Makes sense. Shocker.
0: Makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> No physical violence broke out, but there was a lot of arguing and verbal disagreements that took place during the second trip to the New World. Most of the crew sailed back to England, and a small group of fifteen men stayed back to protect the fort at Roanoke. Fifteen men against entire
0: tribes. It's a new video. Find it on. Just make a
2: Roanoke video game. (laughs) Roanoke, where it's just Nazi zombies.
1: (laughs) Oh my
0: god!
2: You get the ray gun i all p- fucking stoked. The ray gun doesn't kill him. It
0: just enslaves him. Character just repeats, so the
2: oats, so the oats, so the
1: oats. <laughs> Good thing we're on Rockford now.
2: You do the Easter egg and a little English folk song comes on <laughs> instead of a cool rock song.
1: All I can think of is the theme song for a video game that is just like this on Steam called Banished. And if you really want it,
2: What is the Easter egg, though? You gotta find all of the native's corn hidden in, like, the corners of the map.
0: Walter Raleigh sent a third expedition to the island in 1587 and appointed his good friend, John White, fitting name, as governor of the colony. This trip was different from the previous two. This time, 116 people were sent, including women and children, indicating a sense of wanting to really settle down. You get onto the island balloons and just start popping them out.
2: So, yeah, they were able to really easily convince these 115, 116 people into getting onto a boat and traveling to some place they've never been. Like, they just packed up their houses and just said, all right, I guess we're going somewhere that is completely unknown to us. But it was really like in the pursuit of land. Most of those people were middle class or on the poorer side of the spectrum. and they didn't, they didn't have land of their own, so they just took the risk.
0: Wasn't that like the MO of Europeans back in the day, though? Just get on a boat, see where it takes you. Very carefree. I like it. Very spur of the moment.
2: When White arrived, all they found at their fort was a single skeleton. All of the 15 men that had stayed behind from the second expedition... Had disappeared. The new governor worked hard to reestablish good relationships with the natives, although some refused to meet with him due to previous tensions that they had with the disrespect for the land and the wildlife and so on. Hmm. I'm
1: just trying to get a context of what life was like and who was ruling in the 1580s in England for 116 people to just be like, yeah, fucking deuces.
2: Queen Elizabeth.
1: <laughs> Isn't that the daughter of Henry VIII?
2: I have no idea, but... Pretty much during this time, England and Spain were fighting a lot, pretty much to be the world's superpowers.
1: Wasn't England and Scotland warring at the time as well? Because Mary, Queen of the Scots, was around at the same time, I believe.
2: I have no idea. But the Spaniards and the English were fighting to take over the Americas.
1: Later the same year, White returned to England to gather even more people and supplies to bring back to the colony. And shortly after his arrival, the Spanish Armada's assault on England broke out. The Queen ordered every vessel available to be used in the fight against the Spaniards, which included White and his ship. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Got caught in a kerfuffle.
1: This presented a
0: really tough situation for White. He couldn't bring supplies or book passengers to the new colony for three years. He was finally able to return to Roanoke on August 18th of 1590. What he found was beyond imagination. The colony was completely deserted. No people, no livestock, no sign of a battle, nothing. Just gone. The only clues that were left as to what happened was the word Croatoan carved on a wooden post and the letters C-R-O carved into a tree.
1: I mean, what do you think happened? It, you spent three years away with no message. Locke can go south quick.
2: But according to the History Channel, whatever makeshift buildings that they had put up before White had left were either disassembled and left on the ground or gone entirely. And there was like a wooden defensive fence almost put up around what would have been the old colony settlement. But other sources disregard that it's not really factual but that's just what some sources say happened that all of the buildings were also taken down
1: that would lead you to believe that they packed and left
0: well especially since we're saying women and children were there so how many of those were good fighting
1: spirited men a third fair guess maybe who knows but
0: also it says that there was no sign of a battle or any kind of fight which makes it even weirder
2: The settlers were specifically instructed to carve a Maltese cross into a tree if they were forced to leave or if they were attacked, but no such cross was found at or even near the settlement. With all of the evidence, or lack thereof, White assumed that the colonists must have relocated to the adjacent Croatone island, but poor weather conditions prevented them from investigating any further. This forced White and his crew to return to England the following day.
1: They couldn't have just... Waited a couple days and looked
2: like they literally just shrugged their shoulders and left. If not today, not tomorrow.
0: How long is the trip from England to North Carolina? That's a pretty long trip by boat. So these guys just jumped off the ship, they looked around for a few hours, and they were like, All right, time to go home.
2: Well, three years had passed. If they did decide to pack up and leave, it's like they could be anywhere. And if they were killed, they're not finding the bodies.
0: Mm. It's three years. But you would think that they would give them more than a day to look around and maybe find these people.
2: In the absence of
1: major obstacles, weather or pirates or whatever, usually took 14 to 16 days across 3,000 nautical miles. Mm. It's not that bad. Two weeks.
2: It's not bad. It's not bad.
1: That seems low, but they did have very technologically advanced ships even in the 16th century.
2: Just trying to think John White's perspective. Maybe he was thinking that something went wrong, bad blood grew, and maybe something did happen. Maybe they were scared of some sort of ambush or something and just decided to skedaddle.
1: Yeah, there's not much records of a lot of the stuff that happened, so who knows? They could have been attacked, and they're like, fuck this, we're out of here.
0: So did it say that all the building material for the buildings was turned into like a fence? Is that what it said?
2: No, it depends on what you read and where you read it. Some sources cite that the buildings were gone. Some sources cite that the buildings were disassembled and left on the ground. Some sources cite that some of the buildings were still there and that there was a wooden stake fence built around the settlement. It's not really defined. Hmm. The
1: fence I wouldn't think too much into because I feel like that's something that's pretty accustomed to what anybody was making around those centuries. You know, We still make fences around things. I'm just
0: more so thinking about the building material for the housing. So if the building material was left there, then that says something different than if it's all gone. Because if it's all gone, it paints two very different pictures, maybe even possibly three very different pictures, that if the building material wasn't there, then they could have relocated, as we said. If the buildings were built, then it points to maybe that they were forced to leave or were guided out of there. And if it wasn't built again, maybe something comes along. An attack or something of the sort.
1: There's a couple different ways it could have went. Hmm. Several attempts of investigations into what truly happened took place. In 1602, Walter Raleigh took it upon himself to uncover the mysterious disappearance. He hired his own crew and ship solely to investigate. They reached the coast of Virginia, but a rough storm forced them to turn back for England before they could even reach Roanoke. The fucking hurricanes out there and squalls out there are bad, yo.
2: Sounds like it. Just wasted a month of your life. (laughs) A year later in 1603,
0: another investigative mission was launched by Bartholomew Gilbert. A storm blew them off course, and when they reached the shore in uncharted territories, they were attacked and killed by Native Americans. Another waste of a trip.
1: That paints a picture, though. In a 12-year span, now you have accounts of people just getting murked.
0: Although there were no solid answers as to what happened to the colonists, there's a handful of theories that could explain what really went down at the colony of Roanoke between the years of 1587 and 1590.
2: The most popular theory among historians is that the colonists abandoned Roanoke to seek shelter with other Indian tribes. They could have done this for numerous reasons. could have been due to a food shortage, threats from nefarious tribes, the pursuit of a larger colony, you name it. There were many sightings of Europeans as well as their influence on Native American tribes for years following their alleged disappearance. And according to this theory, the Europeans that the natives were seeing and interacting with were the missing settlers of Roanoke. Ooh,
1: that's interesting.
2: So they absorbed them, started having mixed race babies, and you wouldn't be able to tell at a certain point. This is more so speaking about tales of... The Native Americans saying that they saw or interacted with European or English settlers before the settlement of Jamestown was established. And Jamestown okay. was the first like official colony. So if Roanoke didn't exist anymore, then there was really no reason the natives should have been interacting with white people. Hmm. There's also the Zuninga map, drawn by a Jamestown colonist, Francis Nelson, in
1: 1607. The map documents four men that came from Runic, a.k.a. Roanoke, that were living amongst the Iroquois tribe in a place called Ocahanone. In the early 1600s and mid 1700s, there were European colonists that met gray eyed Indians who claimed to have descended from white settlers. French Protestants left documents behind detailing encounters with blue eyed, blonde haired Indians along the Tar River.
0: A man named William Strachey claimed to have seen Pecoreconic and O'Connor Indians living in two-story stone houses that the English showed them how to build. It's not another worldly thought to assume that the colonists may have made the move from Roanoke Island to Croatoan Island to join the natives there. In conjunction with the absorption theory, some think that the Croatoans and the colonists may have relocated altogether slightly
1: inland from Roanoke. So far, that seems like what happened mm. in my eyes. Yeah. Definitely
0: could be. Like the carvings on the tree were, hey, we went to go live with these guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, that could have been a very good indicator since there was not even a message. Imagine expecting somebody in like 90 days and just never come come back. Yeah, three years pass.
0: Especially if they're waiting for supplies and stuff like that that were supposed to be coming from England. Maybe there was a bunch of things that they needed. Stuff for trapping, stuff for hunting, stuff that they didn't have in the first go-around because they were carrying such... A large group of people
2: an archaeological site of sediments and burial grounds was discovered along the alligator river again just inland of roanoke island the coffins at the burial site that were uncovered had crosses and other christian markings on them but there are no records of any english or european camps on the banks of this alligator river Hmm. I'm sure everybody would prefer the happy and harmonious ending to the story, but that very well may not be the case. Taking into consideration that the colony was never heard from again, it's just as likely that they had a run-in with a hostile tribe and were taken in as slaves.
0: That's where kind of my thought went as we're talking about how many men were there. Even out of 116, let's say there were 30 men, if you had a huge tribe of indigenous peoples coming out that were in the hundreds even nobody's gonna fight back or if they did fight back they were wiped out so easily
1: i feel like there's two plausible ways this could go at this point they were either held captive as slaves or killed or they just absorbed peacefully because of the lack of supplies and the aid that they needed but that's giving two different narratives to the same people being nefarious or helpful well, our buddy Bill, William Strachey, who we just mentioned a bit ago, was actually the Secretary of Jamestown in Virginia, and he claims that in 1612, he saw Europeans, four men, two boys, and one girl, living with the Enyo tribe as slaves, and they were being forced to mine copper. Was it the Anunnaki? What the fuck? <laughs> These instances of seeing white settlers among Native American tribes isn't by any means proof that we're looking at the Roanoke
2: colonists.
0: Pretty wild, though. Where would those people come from?
2: The white people that they ran into? Yeah. If not, the Roanoke people?
0: Yeah. They could have been from other countries or other ships that came across from somewhere else. Doesn't necessarily have to be England. Just imagine, for instance, Iceland, Greenland, Vikings. They don't have any kind of documentation for their trips.
1: We'd have to go back and look in the 16th century and see when their voyages back and forth were. I mean, they were... A
0: lot earlier than that.
2: In this time era, were the Vikings really popping off like that?
0: No, not necessarily like Vikings, but from those Nordic countries. Okay. They were making trips to America, what, in the 1300s, 1400s?
1: Even earlier than that must have been earlier than that.
0: We're just looking at it as maybe they were settlers from Europe or they were settlers from England, but there's a bunch of other countries that they could have
1: come from. Could have been Scandinavian countries, yeah.
0: As was mentioned earlier, the word Croatoan was found carved in a wooden post at Roanoke. The presence of that word in particular, and only that word, may hold great significance, as we mentioned. Believe it or not, The word Croatoan is connected to countless mysterious disappearances over the centuries.
2: Right before Edgar Allan Poe died, he disappeared for five days. And when he popped back up, he was sort of in a dazed and confused state. And in the final moments before his death, allegedly the last words that he murmured out of his mouth was Croatoan. Poe's cause of death, as well as where he disappeared to for those five days, are entirely unknown.
0: That is very creepy.
2: Where did he die?
0: Wasn't it like Maryland? Wasn't Edgar Allan Poe around Maryland?
2: Somewhere between New York and Maryland. Somewhere Eastern, yeah.
0: Wasn't Poe, wasn't he uh, really into opium, though? He died in Baltimore. That's why it's the Baltimore Ravens.
1: Makes sense. I mean, he did live in Baltimore. It's rough. I'm sure back then it wasn't like it is today. <laughs> Dude, it's a city in the 1800s. I'm sure it was gross as fuck dude they had it going could have been awesome he was just dipping opium joints with ravens and shit
0: listen philadelphia back in the day was apparently like a bustling hub but now look at it there's eagles fans there's phillies fans <sighs> gross phillies all
1: those philly teams go birds <laughs> <Like> <laughs> we're gonna get a ton of fucking philadelphia eagle fans now they're gonna be like yes yeah, look at us, so shiny. <laughs> Make sure to catch our live show next
0: week in Philadelphia. <laughs> in
1: 1888, a stagecoach robber who went by the name of Black Bart carved the word in the wall of his cell right before he was released from prison. After his release, he was never seen or heard from again. Mm. Was this, the CIA?
0: All right, now it's getting weird.
1: It gets weirder. Amelia Earhart scribbled the word into her journal shortly before her disappearance in 1937. That one seems a little weird because didn't she like ditch in the South Pacific? Yeah.
0: That's very odd. I wonder if all these people, you know, like just Josh and they had heard the word and people are really going to freak out when they see this. The last bed that horror writer Ambrose Beer slept in before he disappeared in 1913 had the word Croatoan carved into the bedpost. In 1921, it was found written on the last page of ship's logbook that had crashed on Cape Hatteras. The whole crew was missing. It's a widespread use of this word in very weird times and places.
1: And location. Mm -hmm. Hatteras.
0: The question remains as to how exactly this word was so closely connected to the disappearances of countless other people over the course of hundreds of years. Makes the mystery that much more intriguing.
2: All of those examples, all of those accounts of the word Croatone scattered throughout history within these disappearances, that's the only thing that makes me think that word carved into that wooden post might not have just been a message like, hey, we're at Croatone. But just the fact that it was so associated with that many disappearances. Do you think Edgar Allan Poe and Amelia Earhart also were just letting people know that they were going to Croatone Island? Probably not. Where did they hear about this? And what are the odds that these famous disappearances had anything to do with that word? In 1607, Captain John Smith of Jamestown tried to find out what happened at Roanoke. He claimed that Chief Powhatan told him that he killed the people of Roanoke to retaliate against them for living alongside the Croatones who refused to ally with him. Powhatan ordered the killings because of an alleged prophecy that foretold of him being overthrown by people from that region. According to Smith, Powhatan showed him a musket and a brass cannonball that he took to prove that he killed the colonists. That would make me believe you got somebody's boomstick.
0: Yeah, but he could have acquired that anyway.
2: When
1: were we able to really identify when native tribes were actually in possession of European firepower? Did it say what tribe this chief was a part of? It comes up as another native Algonquin tribe. So yeah, it's probably a neighboring tribe. I do want to say, though, we did say the question about... If there were 30 guys there, 30 European settlers that were men, and they were going to go against one of these tribes, especially the Croatans. I just looked up the Croatans in their prime were operating almost 20 settlements with 800 fighting men.
0: Oh, shit. Okay.
1: There's your scale.
0: Even if one of those tribes showed up and was like, hey. Yeah, 100,
1: uh, 150, 175 people. Shit. Modern historians and anthropologists dispute the story as fact simply because of the lack of any bodies or any other archaeological artifacts to support the narrative. Somebody called Graham Hancock. Author and researcher Brandon Fulham has a different outlook on this. He thinks Powhatan Massacre of the people of Roanoke could have been the 15 men that stayed to protect the camp During the second expedition,
2: which would still leave the mystery unsolved. I mean, at least from the 15 people that were left behind, there was like a skeleton. So at least one of those guys were proven to have died there. With the larger group of people, there's no evidence that any of them were attacked. So it's the third portion of the settlement that is completely vanished. Yes, the third expedition had the 116 people that are gone.
0: Another strong argument is that the Spanish slaughtered the settlers. England and Spain were in the middle of war, as we mentioned, when the colonists disappeared. And one of the key issues the war was being fought for was the colonization of America. There were settlements of Spanish troops in what is now Florida at the time of the Roanoke disappearance. Some believe the Spaniards may have secretly traveled north to eliminate the English settlement.
1: That's a long way to go, though. From Florida to North
0: Carolina? Yeah.
2: I feel like it's not that far for these guys. They spend months on boats with no promise of even hitting land.
0: That would also indicate that the Spaniards knew that they landed at Roanoke. So how did they know that they were in Roanoke? Cause Just followed them. So they followed them on their boats.
2: Just looking at it from like a war strategy perspective, if the Spaniards even had the thought that England might sail to North America... Odds are they're hitting the northeastern coast, you know. So if you just march up that coastline, they probably thought maybe we're bound to hit English and we can mess them up. Hushlings, will return after this short message.
0: Hushlings, we'd like to let you know that Rockfin is officially the home of of the new hush hush society video content it is the exclusive home to all of our debriefings declassified discussions and all of our video content it's very easy to go over there rockfin.com forward slash hush hush society and you can subscribe to our channel
2: and be sure to check out our website the one-stop shop for everything hush related there you can find all of our blogs our audio debriefings links to our merch as well as all of our social media links lastly if you love our show and want to support us in becoming a better
1: podcast look us up on patreon we've got a ton of exclusive content over there for only five dollars a month that's www.patreon.com forward slash hush hush society
0: And as always, Hushlings, we would welcome you to leave us a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere that you're able to leave us a rating, including our website. Greetings, hush It's time for us to revisit one of the largest conspiracies of all
2: time. Is the planet we call home a globe like we're taught in school, or is it something else entirely? A substantial group of people believe that it is not so. And our home world is actually a disk within a dome or even an infinite plane.
0: Join us as we reinvestigate all of the arguments and counterarguments. is the curve?
2: What is the firmament? Is the sun local and other stars just luminaries? We also question the flight paths, the Antarctic ice walls, is space and gravity real,
0: as well as many other questions.
1: On Monday, December 12th,
2: we enter Stage 2 of Becoming a Flat Earther in Debriefing 63, Flat Earth 2,
0: available on video on Rockfin.
2: Welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour
1: you're talking over 100, almost 200 years of back and forth from 1400s up to the 1600s. It's obviously known that there's settlements. It's obviously known that there's an indigenous population up and down the coast. And it's obviously known throughout any of these countries, whether you're in Spain or England, just the two that we're talking about, that something's going on there. And there's Got to be some sense of permanence, especially with these two superpowers. So, yeah, if you're in a war, I mean, look at the Cuban Missile Crisis. Put it right there, being right at the doorstep of your enemy. But what my question is, what would that, was 15 people or 115 people really a big enough dig in a war like that?
0: It's a foothold. Into a new land. Yeah.
1: I guess territory wise, yeah. But like with the people there, like if we're just going to just out 15 people, what would that really do other than just to wipe them out? Because England's obviously going to keep sending people.
2: And they did. And they did. (laughs) But that's what I'm saying. Maybe it was just like a pot shot. They were just thinking maybe we'll run into people and they found this little settlement. Maybe. Who knows? The Spanish were quite the offensive players during wartime, especially when it had to do with the European powers settling in the Americas. They attacked and successfully took over European forts in Florida and South Carolina throughout all of the 1600s, but again, the problem of no bodies at the site arises. Not to mention, when White arrived at Roanoke after his three-year absence, the buildings were allegedly dismantled, not destroyed. There was never any sort of indication of an attack. They couldn't just bury them? They could have.
1: Have they done extensive LIDAR?
2: Our archaeologists have dug pretty well into this. And
1: if you're on an island that gets pummeled by fucking North Atlantic hurricanes, what if those bones got pulled out to sea, if they were buried on beaches? Who's to say? True. It's definitely a mystery. Another angle, though, guys, let's talk about eating people. A slightly more outlandish yet notable explanation is that the colonists were the victims of cannibals or had to resort to cannibalism themselves in an attempt to stay alive due to their lack of supplies from our buddy, Mr. White. Although the bodies were never located at the settlement, that doesn't exclude the fact that other Native American tribes were known to be hostile to outsiders and possibly, possibly, practice cannibalism.
0: They could have been picked off gradually one by one, or in large kidnappings. In the three years White was gone, if the settlers were attacked, more than enough time was given to get rid of any evidence. Having every part of the body consumed, even the bones, ground down to powder to use in healing remedies, it would explain the disappearances of all the bodies. However, there is a lack of evidence pointing to other tribes being cannibals.
2: Leaving the theory of them being hungry enough to destroy themselves as a bit more of a viable one. Rumors by local tribes say there were internal conflicts in Roanoke well before the disappearance. Another logical theory could be that the colonists encountered some sort of new disease. Could be as simple as catching a good old-fashioned plague, wiping them out. Little do we know, it was the opposite way around too. That could have been a thing. We brought disease over here. What if the natives had some sort of diseases that their immune systems were well-equipped for that the European settlers weren't? I'm sure they did. Suffering from symptoms of heavy illness,
1: delirium, paranoia, eventually leading to complete madness, easily leading to a violent situation. In panic, the remaining healthy members could have plotted to get rid of the sick or nuts, killing them off or separating into smaller groups and fleeing the settlement or just leaving the sick to die alone boys what do you think about witchcraft
0: the croatoans and other native american tribes tell legends of witches living in the north carolina woods using black magic to manipulate harm and commit evil acts on innocent life there's two theories involving witchcraft and the disappearance of roanoke Either the Croatoans killed the colonists because they thought that they were witches, or the colonists were victims of black magic themselves. Or it was like a Salem, where they started thinking that each other was witches. Witch! Burn them!
1: Same time period. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying.
1: Hey, 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 hey.
2: One of the Native Americans taught little Jimmy how to do something cool with nature <laughs> and his mother... <laughs> immediately burned him at the stake for it <laughs> it was so innocent it was like it was like a homeopathic remedy of like cuts it was like a early
1: form of bacitracin and this kid's like look mommy it healed yes it healed in one day and they're like burn him
0: <laughs> mom the native said that i can eat this squash and i won't die <laughs> evil witch
1: he possesses knowledge
2: kill him While no evidence actually supports that the Croatones accused the Roanoke colonists of witchcraft, they were obviously extremely cautious of outsiders and condemned anyone they sensed danger from. They could have easily blamed the Roanoke people for spreading diseases and being scared and frustrated, not understanding any illness. They would have thought that it could have been the work of black magic.
1: Makes sense, too. You just got people randomly getting sick and you've never seen that before. I mean, that could be definitely misconcepted as magic.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Burn them at the stake. Mm -hmm.
1: Burn them at the stake. (laughs) Let's get a little creepy. Although not scientifically based, many supernatural and religious explanations for the missing settlers are taken very seriously by the Native American populations. Revolving mainly around certain spirits that explain not only the behavior of the colonists before the disappearance, but also why they vanished entirely. One Belief is an interesting spin-off of the cannibalism theory. Native Americans believe in a wild spirit called the Wendigo, which is a powerful beast with a desire to kill and consume its victims. It is said that human bodies would be taken over by the Wendigo due to greed and weakness. Sounds like English people to me. Again, this could have been the result
0: of the colonists selfishly resorting to eating the human flesh of their own people. If this were the case, the people of Roanoke would still be alive, roaming the woods of North Carolina in the form of wendigos. That'd be pretty dope. Scary. That's cool. Scary, but dope. Oh, yeah. Another belief system stemming from the Croatoans includes a spirit on the island that had the power to absorb humans into the landscape. What? What?
1: Whoa. <laughs> mm.
0: They're just melting into trees. Oh, <laughs>
2: I feel like I've made this reference before, but like Bootstrap Bill in Pirates of the Caribbean uh, imagine that sucked into the hull of the ship.
0: If angered or offended in any way, the spirit would transform people into trees, animals, stones, or any other part of the earth to rest. The spirit could have been disturbed by the exploitation and abuse of the land's resources. It's hard when you're reading stories about Native Americans and... Reading stories about their spirits and why they're awakened or kicked up to not take the side of the Native
2: Americans. Every time, yeah, it hits the soul.
0: Even their folklore and the stories that they tell ultimately lead back to the earth and how it's treated.
1: And they don't sugarcoat it either. Like you talk about origin stories. I think we were talking about the Hopi a year, a couple years ago, and in one other episode. And didn't they say like, "Oh yeah, we came from the stars." yeah (laughs) like just just like nah there's no other explanation that's what it is yeah and they talk about people coming out of the earth the ant people yeah
2: yeah native americans had some pretty wild beliefs and uh the croatoans weren't an exception they had a belief of a reptilian devil of the woods which was an evil spirit that would attach itself and override its victims the spirit allegedly made people paranoid greedy and extremely violent. Legends say that the reptilian had possessed the settlers once they started to turn on each other after White left for England.
1: Always leads back to reptilians.
2: Even in the 1600s.
1: That really makes me think of what David Ike said about like a mentality or an energy. You mm-hmm. know, Instead of maybe a, not a physical manifestation of a reptilian devil, quote, as it says. What did he say? The, the Watico? Watico Consciousness. Which is also another Native American thing, just a different part of the land. And could it have manifested that type of consciousness in the manifestation of a reptilian devil because these people were paranoid and greedy and, you know, or in panic or in peril? You know, I mean, anything that they could have been feeling, it was probably negative being left there. Moving along, hushlings, let's talk about the Dare Stones. If you haven't heard of the Dare Stones, they're supposedly inscribed by Eleanor Dare collectively telling a story of what could be the true story of what happened to the Roanoke colonists. In 1937, the first stone was discovered by a tourist who brought to Emory University to be examined. After being studied by an American professor named Dr. Haywood Pierce, the authenticity is still up for debate. Over the span of three years, 47 more stones had been found. This is one of the biggest things about Roanoke that I've seen is the stones.
2: Yeah, but it's it's all horse
1: shit. It, it it could be just yeah, somebody carving some shit into stones and dropping them in the woods.
0: You mention a hoax and it being horse shit. Many historians believe that that the dare stones are a hoax. Most believe the very first one that was found to be authentic The inscription was consistent with the word phrasing and tools required to carve the stone during this time period. Eleanor Dare, John White's daughter, inscribed on the rock that her husband and daughter were dead unto heaven, 1591, and for whoever found the stone to tell her father. On the other side of the stone, she wrote that only seven Roanoke colonists remained alive after Native Americans killed the rest. That was on the first stone? That was on the first stone. And they believe that one is the most authentic.
1: Allegedly, yeah. So it's a grave marker or just a memorial marker.
0: Just a note. Hey, Dad, everybody's dead.
2: (laughs) Hopefully he picks up this rock.
0: You coming back from getting those smokes?
2: The rest of the stones part together a narrative dating from 1591 to 1599. One stone dated back to 1592 claims that the survivors of Roanoke are safe, living with a different tribe located in the Nakuchi Valley in Georgia. Another one from 1598 explains how the tribe was angry with Eleanor because she married a local chief and gave birth to his daughter. And finally, one dated from 1599 stated that Eleanor Dare had died, but her daughter Agnes was still alive and well. Yeah, I don't know about the stones. I don't know. If the first one is real, so be it. But it's very reminiscent of like the crystal skulls to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Mm. maybe one of them is real, but the rest of them, eh.
0: The subsequent stones also tell a completely different story than the first stone. Yeah. The first stone seems to be most authentic, apparently, to historians. So that tells that maybe that's exactly what happened. Oh, hushlings, we've reached it. Our Reddit section. Let's see what the people on Reddit say in all those little subreddits in the corners of the internet. Shall we? A question was asked in a Reddit thread by user Old Lucky777. He asked, quote, Conspiracy theorists, what is your take on the lost colony of Roanoke? As we're asking in this episode.
2: User Reapers Bish had a pretty interesting response. He said, The colonists at Roanoke found religious artifacts that were never meant to be uncovered by anyone besides who put it there, such as the Holy Grail and were slaughtered by a secret fellowship as a result of it.
0: I like this guy's take on it.
2: That's the
1: most conspiracy theory thing you could possibly say about this. Well, isn't the Maltese cross a Knights Templar symbol?
2: They used it, yeah. Mm, Interesting.
1: Well, that brings us back to our buddy, old Lucky777. He goes, quote, I fucks with it, with an X. I haven't heard this one before, but a fellowship under what
2: order if nobody witnessed the colony actually disappearing, end quote? user reapers bish said a runoff of the knights templar of course a subset that was never hunted down that may have migrated from the east long before the colonists back to old lucky
1: 777 whoa so are you telling me that they started running shit way before the puritans got there question mark absolutely absolutely old lucky 777 you hit the jackpot nailed it
2: this is the only and wildest shit that i could find on reddit relating to this subject
1: the maltese cross really kind of connects that together
2: and mike was making the point earlier in the episode who's to say that at some point there weren't other settlers that came to the americas that weren't the english this (laughs) isn't impossible maybe not the holy grail but
0: knights templar think so that'd be pretty wild shit all right boys We've taken in all the information, looked at the Reddit section. Let's get into our final thoughts on the lost colony of Roanoke. Dave, tell me what you got.
1: Uh, There's a couple situations that could have happened with this. I want to say the Knights Templar thing is really intriguing now that we got into that. That's interesting, but probably unlikely of what happened. But I think one of two things, they either really got completely put on hard times and just either relocated and absorbed into another tribe, maybe a colony farther north, or just died and animals picked them up and distributed them all over eastern North Carolina, or they got killed by the indigenous population. That's, for me, what I would think happened. If there's no trace of these people, you know, grinding up bones and using everything is something that people who live off the land would do, and especially very spiritual people who are knowledgeable in medicines and all that types of stuff. So for me, I think these people just vanished into the ether. They either died or got killed.
0: I am in the thought that these people, I'm kind of split between two thoughts here, that they either joined the Crotones and that's why we see these lighter-skinned Native Americans or these more European-looking Native Americans pop up years later, or, which also could explain the European-looking Native Americans, they were taken as slaves. Either one works for me in this. I don't really believe one more than the other. I'm very split on both of those thoughts. Although I will say the Wendigo idea to me is... Wild and I know Wendigo's are very evil creatures, but I'm kind of hoping that's what happened. I like it. Slick Frog Sanders. Give us your final thoughts. Make it a lucky one. Frog's final thought.
2: We talked about how the colony was in a bit of discourse and trouble after John White had left the settlement to go back to England which makes me think that they might have had some sort of issues all banding together to relocate as one group. And that could tie in as to why the map that that dude Francis from the Jamestown settlement, the map cited four men that came from Roanoke that were living with a tribe. Maybe The 116 people split off into smaller groups and just tried their absolute best. Maybe some ended up with other tribes, Iroquois, Croatones, you name it. Maybe others were eaten by the indigenous people. Maybe some withered away of hunger in the woods. The only unsettling thing about this whole entire situation to me is the involvement of the word Croatone with disappearances. That makes me think that there might be something weird and universal happening with the tribe with the energies throughout the universe. I don't know. So something crazy. But in my heart, I believe they they went their separate ways in smaller groups.
1: They could have all just got jacked by
0: bears.
2: Yeah, I'm sure a lot of that happened.
0: Okay, hushlings. Well that is gonna conclude our voyage to the lost colony of Roanoke. Was there anything that we missed? Anything that we should have discussed? Do you have an outlandish wild theory on what happened to this colony? Did we upset the spirit of the land? Did we anger the neighboring tribe and get slaughtered mercilessly? Reach out to us, as always, at our email address, contact at hushhushsociety.com.
2: In our next debriefing, join us as we question the nature of our planet once again in Flat Earth Chapter 2 that will be streaming everywhere all over the Flat Plain December 12th and in video on Rockfin. Long awaited long-awaited. It's going to be a fun one, Hushlings. And for our patrons,
1: our next exclusive debriefing will be available on December 15th while we slide down the chimney as Krampus. It's going to be a jolly experience of eating your children. Thank you all for joining us with the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. I'm Declassified Dave.
2: And I'm Monsieur Mike. And I'm Frank Sanders. Until our next debriefing, remember... The best
1: kept secrets are hidden in plain sight.